Hello and welcome to Connecting You to You Radio, where we tune in to receive the messages of health and well-being that are being broadcast from the soul. I'm your host, Lisa Warner, author of The Simplicity of Self-Healing. I show you how to heal your body naturally by combining your body's innate intelligence with the wisdom of your own soul so that you can break through the mental programming of limiting beliefs that cause disease and make healing your body and changing your life simple. Hello and welcome, everyone. Welcome to our Soul Lucian Sunday. I am Lisa Warner Hello, and I am here everyone. in my reverberation. <laughs> there we go. I am here with my beautiful, amazing guest, Ryan Joseph Allen. And he is the author of My Drug Dealer Brought Me to God, right? Is that how it says? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Got it for. So, and Ryan is the embodiment of love. Everything he is about, I have known Ryan for what, six months or more now, and uh, probably more than that. And uh, he is just the epitome of love on this planet. So, welcome, Ryan. Oh, thank you, Lisa. Thank you for bringing us together and, and letting us spread some joy and love and authenticity with, with those in the world. And so I really appreciate that. That's one of my main purposes here, uh, if not the main purpose, um, <laughs> acted out in many different ways. But uh, so I'm super excited to be with you and just to, to have a conversation and, and get people thinking and get people loving. So thank you. <laughs> Exactly. Love is the answer to all of our problems, isn't it? Like It is. And loving yourself tends to be the thing we miss oftentimes, right? Like we're so quick to give love to our, you know, partner or parent or child or our animals or even a stranger, a homeless person. But then we're not willing to give that same love a lot of times to ourselves or we're not, we're not open to the idea of giving that kind of love to ourselves, or we don't know how to give that love to ourselves. So, or we forget, we might know all those things, but then we forget on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> Absolutely. The reason that, um, so we have, we have Keith and Shannon and Brenda here with us this morning, all of our family. <laughs> Beautiful. Good morning, everyone. So, yeah. So from my perspective, we are love unconditional love that is who and what we are my my personal experience when i was a little girl many people have heard me say this when i was very very little i would go to bed at night and as i closed my eyes i would just become part of the unified field it was like floating in space but the space was filled with unconditional love and light and I knew that that's what is like now and forever, always has been, always will be permanent. That space is who and what we are. Because as I was part of that space, my body wasn't part, I mean, my body was included, but 
as I was floating, like I was just an attention point. And I knew that that's who and what we are, that we're not physical beings. And that's what the soul is from, from my direct experience. You know, that, that's, where, that's where I speak from because I can't speak from anybody else's experience, but that's my experience. So that's my reason why love is the answer to all questions. Because when we're in that space of unconditional love, like there's nothing that can harm us. And we would never harm anyone else intentionally. But when we come into these physical bodies on this planet, unconditional love is not the ruling force on this planet. It hasn't been for a really long time. But now is the time for the, the paradigm to flip. It's time for us to take our power back from the dark and bring the light which is the unconditional love. And this is your story and my story, all of humanity, of how we fell into that darkness and then pulled ourselves back out and back into the light using that love that we are. So share a little bit about your story, Ryan. Yeah. So first of all, I wanted to say back to oneness, right? That's where you were going. Every night you were back to oneness, back to source, back to the love, light, all of those things mean the same to me. Um, back to God, you know, to me, love is God and, and God is love. So that's the divine, that's the creator, that's spirit, all of those things. Um, so it would be, be, I wouldn't, I shouldn't say challenge you, but let me different to go there every night and then come back here to this earth plane and be a little shocked. <laughs> like, it was, why is it not like, uh, you know, where I go every night? Why is it so um, different? Why is it so challenging at times or sad or whatever? And that's kind of how I felt as a child, right? So I was really connected to spirit. Not when I went, well, I went to sleep sometimes, but a lot of times it was just, you know, when I was at church or, or having a conversation with someone who was like spiritual or religious, I could feel that sense of God. And, um, but from a young, young age, I knew I was different. I was different than all the, the men around me. So I had noticed that difference, you know, all my brothers and, and friends and uh, male role models, they liked video games and sports and all of these things wrestling around and whatever. And um, though I did those things, they never felt natural to me. Um, I was so much more comfortable doing like artwork and talking with people and really using my right brain and not always that like left brain piece or um so anyway, I started noticing I was different, separate than, right? Separate from those around me. And by the time I was a teenager, realized, you know, early teenager, uh, realized I was in the LGBTQ plus community, um, had had thoughts of ending my own life at a very young age, like six years old was the first time I thought about leaving this earth plane. And, and, and I think at that age, it wasn't like a graphic, it wasn't a graphic experience of like visualizing that, but it was like this visualization at that age, if I left this earth plane, I would get to go back to this like oneness that you're speaking about. And so um, then I, you know, I, I fell, fell into this LGBTQ plus community by the time like I was pretty young, nine or 10. Um, by the time I was like 12, 13, I was experimenting with drugs and alcohol and all these other self-destructive behaviors, like cutting, um, all of these things that, you know, self-mutilation, all of these things that, you know, struggling teens go through it was like I was like the the 
the poster child for, for, for challenges that kids had, had gone through or could go through. It's like, I went through all of them, at least for a short amount of time, um, some for much longer. So by the time that rolled around, I started really disconnecting to myself. Obviously I had this self-loathing, right? The opposite of love, you know, is, you know, well, there's uh, many people think the opposite of love is different things, but to me, it was fear. The opposite of love is fear. It's not necessarily hate. Um, hate's a symptom of fear. So I had this fear of myself. I had this fear that God didn't love me anymore because I was taught by extended family or society that God didn't love LGBTQ people. And um, though not everyone around me said that or thought that, I just still had that feeling in my heart. Um, or maybe it wasn't my heart, right? It was the fear that, that shrouded my heart. So I couldn't feel my heart. I couldn't feel that love. And from there, it just got perpetually worse and worse and worse. Drugs and alcohol were like the main staple of my life. Um, you know, and of course this like self-destructive, um, self-manipulative space where I just couldn't find that love, right? Like I'd always felt so much love as a child. So I knew I was capable. I knew what it felt like. I, I would grasp for it and reach for it. And it would be so hard for me to reach. Um, and I put so much fear around, around my life and into my head and into my heart. I, I placed that fear because I was afraid that I wasn't loved by the divine. I wasn't loved by people. I wouldn't be, I couldn't be myself. Right. So, um, the stories I could go on forever, but essentially what happened at some point as, uh, my daughter was born, that's a whole story in itself. Um, uh, my daughter was born and you would think, Oh, Ryan's going to do good. He's going to get on the and the, on the wagon or get on well maybe for a little bit but um a couple months after she was born I separated from her mother started using hard drugs every single day um really spiraled out of control and I always say like people hit rock bottom but I hit like rock bottom and then dug myself 10 feet into the bedrock because I just did it I was way lower than I could have ever imagined and um from that point I I had this epiphany one day when I was, I just snorted my last line of, um, Opana, which is like a pretty strong pain medicine and, uh, an opioid. And I had this vision of, I was listening to this song. Um, and I had this vision of my daughter as an adult coming to me, singing me this song about how her life was really painful and, and full of sorrow and, and, and fear, um, and, and not much love and not much belief in herself. And, that part of that reason was because I wasn't there for her because I was either dead or in prison or homeless or not in her life, you know, on the side of the road, because I, that's where my life was going. Mm. Um, little by little, right. Or sometimes big leap by big leap, it was getting there. So I made this agreement to myself. And at that time I didn't, you know, I'd really disconnected so much from spirit and God, I would have never known, but I just made the commitment to her and myself. Um, wasn't really much higher power there involved, um, and didn't touch hard, hard drugs after that ever again, but I still was on this path of like drinking and smoking and all the time. And about a month later, I was sitting there with my drug dealer of all people who I had a conversation with about her divine, about God. Now she identified as Christian, but a little bit more like new age Christian, a little less traditional Christian. It was explained to me about her, her faith journey and something in my heart 
like awakened. It was like a little fire that, like, that never went out, right? That was always there, but shrouded in this, this hate, shrouded in the spear. And it like, whew, it like opened and I could feel it. And I was like, whoa, like I used to feel that way about God. Like what happened to me? And I started kind of doing like a life review, right? And um, by the end of our conversation, I was like, oh, I really have faith now. And it was interesting because we were talking about faith. And then there was this one plaque I'd left out from Christmas. So this was happening in March, the March area. And I'd left this one plaque out, you know, it's like faith, believe in love or something, or faith, faith, believe in hope. And um, this three placard set. And I left out the, the placard that said faith on my microwave. And we were sitting on in my kitchen at the island, the kitchen, and I looked up and I was I saw faith right when I had like felt like I had that feeling of like I believe or um you know and then it was just one of those moments where like you knew um and so I went to the bathroom fell on my knees and asked God the divine to save my life that I needed to be saved and helped and guided and funny enough the next day I was um, taking my that same my friend my drug dealer it was my friend um, who also had a full-time 40 hour week job, um, still sold drugs to supplement income, which is a whole, th- whole story in itself as well. But uh, I was taking her to work and we were talking about faith and the one license plate in front of us that could say faith in the state of Kentucky was the license plate that was in front of me as I pulled out for dropping her off at work, right? There was 1.5 million cars roughly in the state at the time that had license plates registered. So that was one in 1.5 million chances of, of that, that day. And that's when God really started showing me signs and really started um, allowing me and, and opening up my, not just my heart, but my eyes and my senses. Um, and that's been about 10 years ago now, going on 10 years of, that ex- of those experiences. In a couple of months will be my, you know, 10 year um, hard sobriety date from hard drugs. And then about a year after that, cause I still dabbled for a, a while after, um, and just some like drinking and drugs, um, will be like my nine years sober. And there's a whole story within that. Right. But I will at least give you a chance to like chime in or ask questions because it's a long story. <laughs> I love that. You know, the, no matter how much darkness gets covered over us, there's always still that spark inside that light never goes out and once that is reignited that flame can come alive and we can remember who we are we can start remembering the love that we are and I feel you know it's there are so many more levels and layers of who we are higher selves and other aspects and you know once we find you know the 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 fallen aspect, the part that has gotten sucked down into the darkness is still just as much loved as every other part of us. (laughs) And, but it's up to that part that has fallen into the darkness to make the choice to get out of that. And whether that is like surrendering, like help me, (laughs) like I'm ready, like come on, get me. And then you know all the awarenesses just start and the synchronicities start, but it's like we have to make that choice. We have to get to that rock bottom, and then we start back up the the ladder. Mm-hmm. 
you know, sort of like having those awakening experiences, right? Yeah. Sometimes you on the ladder, you, you, you're able to just like reach up and you go up like five rungs and other times you're like a half a rung. You can't even make it to a full rung yet. But, but those awakening experiences all kind of, they, they elevate, um, lift you back to your original state. You know, that, that oneness that we were talking about at the very beginning of, of our chat, it really brings you back to that. And, and that's what happened in my story is a few months after that. So that's happened in March, the situation, with my drug dealer by the beginning of June. So what is that? Two and a half months, whatever, three months. Um, I had my big shift, my big awakening. Um, so I had these little kind of little ones that really helped me, but I had this big shift and it, and it was very, and God spoke to me um, and said, you know, no drugs, no alcohol, no cigarettes, um, which I didn't really listen to, like I said, for a whole other year after that. But, but, um, but I worked on it really it hard and really intentionally. Um, and then he said, you know, he gave me my mission. He said, your mission on earth, your purpose on earth is to help people love and accept themselves. And I thought, well, that's a beautiful mission. So then, you know, from there, <laughs> it's so funny, right? Because you're like, how can you really teach someone or show someone or give them the toolkit on how to love and accept themselves until you really love and accept yourself? So that's was like the next until now, right? Like this, and this is a forever journey um, is how to love and accept myself on even like a deeper deeper level and so I learned some of the basics and I learned some spiritual principles around like meditation I was guided to the school metaphysics which teaches um different things from world religions to meditation visualization um mindfulness practices uh concentration some of the basics but you know I did this concentration exercise um I was with that school for about a year a little bit longer than a year and um one of the exercises every day is to stare into a candle flame and every time you have a thought other than the can- other than the flame, you make a mark on the paper. And so from when the time I started that, I would have like 80 marks in 10 minutes. And by the end, I would have like 18, 20. So after a year, I was able to concentrate, you know, four times more effectively than I was before. So all of these little things, even though that was more of like a, like a basic thing that, you know, like a building block thing, it was really important. So I started having all of these things and each one kind of like, brought me higher up on the road, like, you know, this ladder of, of reaching my true self and uh, was turned to something called oneness, which is like a hands-on healing out of India. So I, I did that and I'm like a oneness practitioner. Um, I learned things around Kundalini healing, um, you know, which is essentially this energy at the base of your spine, every person that you can kind of invoke and, and bring to the surface and then do like physical or um, other types of healing on yourself or other people or the world or the universe, uh, multiverse. So, um, you know, I was brought to all these different spiritual paths, modalities, right? These healing modalities, these modalities for learning how to balance and um, create more love, you know, getting back to that love. So then I could later learn little tools, right? I keep learning all these tools. And over time, I learned more and more on how to reach um, to help other people, you know, I, I needed to know those myself, right? I couldn't just read a book and then say, oh, you should do these things this book says. It was like, I had to like live it, right? For me to really help people um, understand what that's like to love and accept yourself, which is a whole process. And, you know, that could be like a whole series on how to do that. But um, that's essentially what happened in my journey. And then, you know, there were other things like from the 3D aspects, like I almost got kicked out of college, but 
somehow miracles, right? You know, miracles start to happen when you start to really be aligned with who you are. And so I didn't get kicked out of college. I actually went back and got a master's degree. I'm working on a doctorate now in the dissertation phase. Um, you know, I was able to be the dad to my daughter that I was, that my, that I never really had or felt growing up. And so, um, that's been really beautiful and been able to heal relationships, been able to learn how to have healthy relationships, you know, kind of these more like 3d, 4d things, um, but are still really important. Like as humans, like it's important that we take care of ourselves and those around us. And, and, um, you know, we might learn how to love and accept ourselves, but that doesn't mean we don't have other work to do in other areas. So, um, yeah, so it was been, it's been such a beautiful journey um, through all of that. And that's, I'm kind of like just paraphrasing because I don't know exactly what you want to touch on and what you want to talk about. So I will be complete in, in now and let you kind of guide where we're going next. <laughs> so Keith says, I can't imagine this world without you, Ryan. I'm so happy you chose life. You make a difference in my life. <laughs> And Jackie Catherine, good morning. Uh, she says, love never gives up, never loses faith, and is always hopeful from Corinthians. And she also says, there are also fallen, falling moments, challenging, challenges, crises. We need constant awareness because the shadowed parts and places can easily resurrect. And then she says, I just bought a book, Breathe Like a Bear, to teach children meditation and relaxation. It's an imaginary candle breathing exercise. Beautiful. That's we need so cool. things to teach children how to stay connected. And I love the, the candle um, analogy because we are all the flame. We are all that light on the candlestick. We are all the flame. But then when we fall into the darkness, we're, we're told that we're not supposed to be who we are. We can't be who we are. That it's horrible to be who you are. That flame dims and our light stops shining. And then we get distorted into all these other sizes and shapes that don't fit us because we're trying to fit into everybody else's expectation of us. So you know, as, as humanity, we have been cloaked in this veil of darkness for thousands upon thousands of years, forgetting our light, forgetting the love, that love and light, it's who and what we are. And that love and that light is our creator abilities. We are creator beings. But when our light has dimmed, we don't have enough fuel to create. <laughs> Like, and we, when we don't have, a, we can't shine the light, you know, it's not that we have to create everything is from my perspective, everything is already created, but we have to be able to see the thing that we want to create. So if we don't have enough light shining in, if the dark, if we're in a dark room and everything we want is right there but it's totally dark. We can't see where the thing is that we're looking for. So we have to have enough light to be able to illuminate the space so that we can see what it is that we want to create. But when we don't have that light shining or it's been snuffed out by this world, like we can't and we just, we lose our will to live. 
And at some point, you know, you reached that point and it was like, wait a minute. You saw that your light mattered because you had a little light <laughs> that you were responsible for. And that if that light got snuffed out, she wasn't going to be able to live her life. So as soon as you realized, like, whoa, wait a minute, hang on, <laughs> let me get some light here, <laughs> then you can light up her life too. So like one light can light a million others. So just like that, you light up all of our lives, Keith and, and, and Shannon and, and Brenda and all of the ones that we are your family that we interact on a regular basis. Bob and Shannon from last week, you know, we're all part of the same dream weaving movement and we're all here to share light and lift each other up. And you're such a beautiful leader in that. And I think your, your life, if you hadn't had those experiences and learned how to lead yourself out of the darkness, you wouldn't be such a great leader. <laughs> so Well, and that's what happened is I, I had to have these situations, people come into my life or that, that helped me dig myself out of that hole. You know, like I said, I was in that bedrock and, and then that's what led us as there were three co-founders for a nonprofit called love must win. And that's what led us to that. We all thought we sat there, we were said, what would have helped us when we were at our darkest time when we were teenagers and we needed you know, or kids or adults and what we needed. And some of us struggled with, I mean, between the three of us, the three co-founders, we had had every imaginable thing ever happen to us. And we just thought, what would have happened? What would we have needed to pull us back to love, pull us back to life, um, to help our lights, you know, expand. And so we formed this organization called Love Must Win. It's been a nonprofit for around seven years now. And, um, you know, we do all kinds of different programming from addiction-based programming to faith-based programming. Um, so we do a lot of our interfaith or multi-faith events here in Cincinnati. Um, we had an HIV program we helped launch, but now they, they separated off and became their own nonprofit, which is like amazing. We have youth groups for kids. I mean, it just like runs this gamut of like so many things and activities. We lead one of the region's pride festivals and parade. Um, it's a sober event as well, which is one of the only sober prides in the, in the region. Um, and we do all kinds of we do all kinds of things in the community, but a lot of them are geared towards the LGBTQ plus community or other communities that have been underserved or underrepresented. And we do that on purpose because we realize that you know, especially in this LGBTQ plus community, that's what happens to them, right? It's like their their light gets snuffed, and then addictions come in faster. Um, you know, drugs and alcohol. The darkness can sense that, and so all of these things then tend to affect the community more you know if you look at i mean sad but when you look at suicide rates drug and alcohol rates abuse rates sexual abuse rates sex trafficking rate i mean everything that's like rough in the world that we have to navigate so much higher in the lgbtq community um you know suicide for a transgender person is seven times more likely and it's like I, you know i don't i don't like to focus on these things but that's why we do what we do as a nonprofit and as an organization and you know i found myself there and so many others that I know um, in the LGBT community and not have found themselves in that place of like, you know, even as a young child thinking like, I don't belong here and I don't want to be on this planet. And then having to learn how learning my true self, right? Like learning my learning that, that God loves me, that, that the universe loves me, that, that Gaia loves me, that 
um, oneness loves me, that the creator loves me, that spirit loves me, that that I'm loved, that I'm innately loved, like I didn't have to do anything to be loved, that I was just, that I was given that gift as when I was born, we were all given that gift, it was just who we were, who we are, because we were, we were made to be loved, and we were made to love, and we are love, and so that's the message of love must win, um, is like, we really are just here to, to be the, the light or the love in the darkness, when, when people have a hard time reaching for, for that, and so I always call love must win a rainbow maker, which is funny because people will sometimes, which I see the rainbow in your background, Lisa, it's one of my favorite things. Um, but it's not because of the LGBTQ aspect, right? Like some people would say, oh, you're just a rainbow maker because you work with the community and that's like the symbol for the community. But more so than that, why we named or why we kind of have that as our mascot, the rainbow, is because we realized without people's darkness, what they bring to the table, the clouds, the rain, we wouldn't be able to help create a rainbow. Um, we are the we, we help shine the light and the love onto their clouds and darkness, which then create a rainbow, right? Like, so, and, and our goal is to not, to do not be in existence, right? Like our goal is to not be an organization eventually, because we want people to get to this place of love and light. And when humanity keeps raising in consciousness and keeps raising in vibration and keeps raising, you know, to these other, you know, four five, six, seven D, you know, levels, we won't need organizations like that or the organization can exist purely as like a, a, you know, just something else. But for now it's like, it's much needed because people need the light. They need, they need someone to do what my drug dealer did for me. Right. And that's the thing is like, we don't know who this light's going to be fostered by or who's going to help reignite our heart or our love for ourselves or our love for the world. And a lot of times it's like unexpected people. It could be, you know, a homeless person on the side of the road. I have a beautiful story in my book about Harper, and an umbrella, which we can share maybe later if you want, or I can share now, but long story short, it's just, you know, that anybody can light up your life. Anybody can, can be that. You can light up your own life. You can do all of those things. Um, we all have the power and the ability and uh, the know-how. Cause like I said, it's innate. There's nothing we have to do to be loved. We are loved. We are love. Nothing we have to do to be that, but it's sometimes it's, it's taking off those cloaks, taking off those, the, that shroud, the, the veil because that that's what gets us <laughs> as humanity as, as our programming we're, we're taught those things so it's like unlearning all of that junk <laughs> exactly it's like clearing out all of the interference all of these layers of and layers of false ideas that have been perpetrated on us you know and you're talking about before in your in the school of metaphysics learning about concentration and it's really you know like we ought we naturally have focus and concentration but with all of the other distractions from the external world do this don't do that you should be this you shouldn't be this you, it's like our concentration gets so you know um fuzzy <laughs> that we can't remember how to just simply focus and you know this is also part of kind of the you know, the dark agenda, if you want to say, if you want to call it that, we are creator beings and we create with our focus. And without the ability to focus, it's super hard to create. So, you know, that ability, like what we focus on and what we give our attention to, what we pay our attention to, is the thing that we are investing in so 
it's really sad when we look at what so many people are investing in right now. All of the stories that are causing so much pain, so much hurt, so much devastation. If we can only realize that it's now we who are creating that for ourselves. Like we don't have to continue down digging ourselves into the bedrock anymore. It's like time for the yo-yo to come back up. You know, it's like we've hit the bottom now. Okay, everybody, we can just pull ourselves back up now. It's like, and it is literally flipping that around, that awareness around, like, wait a minute. There's something far, far better that's available. You know, and this is why I have the rainbow. It's like, like at the end of the storm, the rainbow comes out. And Dorothy, when she went over the rainbow, was like, ah, you know, I, you know, we need to find the heart. We need to find the courage. We need to find the way home. It's like, my dear, you've had the power all along. You know, it's like, this is, that's kind of why I have that rainbow. I love that. And I think, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's funny because we all have, um, stories, right? Like we all have one of my favorite, um, local artists here in this area, um, which I think Keith knows her, her name's Kim Ballou, and she has a story called, or a song, excuse me, called, um, uh, lay your story down. And it's, and I'm not going to sing it because I'm really, I, you know, I'm finding joy in singing, but I don't want, I don't want you to have to endure my joy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's like, lay the story down. And like, it's talking about, it's about, it's talking about putting the stories down that we carry in our life that hold us back. And so that's what you reminded me of, is just that this, this world's taught us to have these stories and, and and programmed us that way. And it's been very intentional, but you know, we can get, that would be a whole other series (laughs) once again, but um, it's been very intentionally programmed into us. And so our job, one of our main jobs right now, I mean, is just to find back love, right? It's reconnect with love, reconnect with ourselves, reconnect with Gaia, the planet, save our planet, you know, love our planet, um, help raise the vibration. But, But one of the other pieces, one of the ways we get to that I think is by laying these stories down, by laying them down and, and, and acknowledging them, being thankful for them, grateful for them, that they happened, that they allowed us to have a part, um, you know, have this beautiful part of our journey, right? Because I think these side notes, like when someone picks up my book, the first half of the book is really heavy. It talks about my child. It talks about all these things, you know, all of these experiences, maybe these suicide attempts, all of these hard things, um, you know, and someone would say, oh, well, you're living in the past or you're not, you're living in that story. And it's like, no, like me and many people in the story, including like my mom, who's a big part of my story, we decided to lay that story down long ago when we did healing, but it took a lot of time and effort and energy. And I don't think it always has to take a lot of time, effort and energy, but in in some cases it does. There's when there's healing involved and other people involved, sometimes it takes that, that, um, that work, right? Sometimes it takes that work on ourselves or in the relationships. And so by laying your story down though, you know, and really acknowledging that, that it's has a pull on you. Um, you're laying it down. So it doesn't have that pull on you anymore. It's almost like it didn't happen to you. My mom always says this. She's like, I read part of your books and it's almost like it didn't exist. Like it doesn't, I don't even feel it in my emotional field or my 
you know, my energy because it's like it almost, it's been such a lifetime ago for me. And I said, and that's, you know, what I've been working on, you know, through the book process brought all this stuff up, right? Like, whoo, like brought everything to the surface. Um, the things that I thought I'd already cleared and really worked through. The stories I thought I had laid down. And that's one of the things that this, the process brought up for me. So I just think it's powerful um, to work through that process, laying the stories down and, 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 and being grateful for them and saying like, thank you and offering gratitude. I think that's one of the best, easiest ways to like, let go of those stories that hold us back is to be grateful for them and say, thank you. Thank you, universe. Thank you, God. Thank you. You know, whoever, you know, whatever, what situations where people hurt you, it's like, thank you for that experience. And now I can lay that down and walk away and have the learning and growth from it and not be attached, let go of the attachment, let go of the suffering. Um, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of growth that can happen through suffering. I believe that wholeheartedly, but that's not the only way to grow. And then once you get to that growth point, you can decide to let go of the suffering. You've already got to the growth point. You've already learned, learned what you needed to learn from that. So let it go, lay it down and, and, and be grateful and acknowledge it, but don't hold on to it. So anyway, it ties in kind of, like I said, with my friend's song that I really like, um, I was just, it just popped in my heart. I don't know. So, and then it just ties into like so many aspects of all of our stories, right? Like that we, we hold on to things, um, or we can hold on to things. And sometimes we think that's all the way God. We're like, Oh, we let go of that eons ago. But then, you know, we did, we realized that maybe we didn't or, um, that there's other layers to it. Um, you know, not that I love the onion approach always, because I think sometimes you can just obliterate the onion all at once and goes away. But sometimes, you know, things are being really hard things in life, you know, times that you were really hurt or felt abandoned or you know those core wounds that you carry you know sometimes it is more you know piece by piece you 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 heal that so you know and part of that's laying down stories part of that's connecting with your spark again part of that's all of these things right helping raise the vibration of the planet because as you help heal the planet you're helping heal yourself and as you heal yourself you're helping heal the planet so you can work on it either way some people always you know have a lot of friends and and gurus in my life that would say you only have to focus on on healing yourself and then that heals the planet automatically but I, I think it can work both ways and I see it working both ways so I don't think there's just one way to to the world right one way to live but I do like that I feel like either way you're as you lift your vibration it raises the vibration and or as you help raise the vibration in the world you're raising your own vibration um probably by proximity, by being close to you doing that work, but also just, it raises everyone's vibration. So part of the, there's a million ways to reach that a billion ways, a trillion ways. But, you know, I think one of those most kind of prominent ways is like letting go of the stories, acknowledging, being grateful, you know, being, you know, being in the muck, right? Like being on the Oregon trail and getting your, your uh, wheel stuck in the mud and still, still finding something to be grateful for, right? Maybe it leads you to a trade, you know, someone stops and ends up trading you something you needed that you didn't have and, and you get your wheel fixed eventually and you get on your way. But, but, you know, you don't know why that happened, but just being grateful for it, allowing, you know, even in the moment when you're like in the thick of things right in the mud to stop and be grateful for it. I did that yesterday. I was having a, just one, you know, one of those days where you were, where, where you felt, where I felt a little disconnected, um, and at one point just stopped and said, oh gosh, I have so much to be grateful for. And it just helped shift my mind um, and bring me back to a place of, of oneness and back, back to a place of love. So it's a beautiful life we live. It's very, um, it's, it's very ebb and flow at times. And I've been working on having more flows and less ebbs, but uh, yeah. 
<laughs> and, and it happens. It, it does happen. Yeah. The ebbs are much smaller, um, yep. but there's still ebb and flows, you know, there's, the ebbs are still there. The valleys are still there at times. So, um, but it's like finding gratitude and even in the valley, right? It's like finding and, and then not having to latch onto it. Like, doesn't have to be my story for a whole week or a month or a year just because it's my story for today or yesterday you know I can let go of that so I think that that lesson ties into so many things in life of laying that story down it's like really um is is powerful for me for sure you know it's it's like we we can keep that we can keep the story but like let go of all of the charges around it so just like your mom like she can now read all of those stories, but there's no more charge to them. So like, there's no more, there's no more electric fence. You know, it's like, you're no, you're not getting zapped by it. And that's when you know that you've laid your story down is that there is no more charge to it. Yeah. And all of these stories that, that we overcome, you know, they turn out to be our greatest triumphs, you know, that darkest moment where you were on your knees like and going through that whole addiction period you know which you were really just trying to soothe yourself you know the addictions were serving a purpose it's not that they were bad they just that was how you were trying to soothe and just get through life so they were really serving that purpose but once they weren't serving the purpose anymore and you realize like, whoa, hang on, <laughs> let's get a new purpose. <laughs> you know, then you, you have this beautiful, amazing story to be able to share and look how far in the opposite direction you are now, you know, how empowered you are and how bright a light you are. I mean, just sitting, you can just see the light shining from you. So it's so well, beautiful. Part of laying down that story, thank you for one, and part of laying down that story is also, it kind of goes into the four agreements, right? If no one's familiar with the four agreements, um, it's, you know, always doing your best, um, being impeccable with your word, never making assumptions. And, um, oh, what's the fourth one? Oh, anyway, what's the fourth one? Um, not taking anything personally, which is funny because that's the last two or the two I wanted to talk about. Um, it's because even when you lay your story down, you almost, you can lay down the, it's not having attachment to, to your story, good, bad, and different. Um, so even now when people speak, you know, the last 10 years, I've done so much work on myself and, and in the world and, and all of those things and so much more to come, but it's like not having attachment to that, not, because I think sometimes when we have even that story in our head, right? Like, the story that like, oh, I'm doing so much good for the world, or I'm, I'm, an, I transformed my life, which they're good. They're, they happened. They happened. All of those things are true. But when you attach to that story, a lot of times people get complacent then as well, because they're like, I already done all this work. I don't need to do anything. I can do this. And it, it leaves, it, it's not, you know, I'd rather hold on to that story, that, you know, this current story, this last 10 years, than holding on to the stories of the past. But regardless, laying all of those stories down, actually, um, not, not allowing myself to take things personally, good, bad, and different things that people say or do. And that's hard for some people when they, when they really look into the four agreements, it says in there, um, this is like a Toltec wisdom is that you're not supposed to take things personally, even the good things. So if someone comes to you and says a compliment, it's like you acknowledge it and say, oh gosh, thank you. And mean it from your heart. And, and if you do mean it from your heart, you know, say it and, and mean it. 
but you don't latch onto it as one of your stories, right? Because people have done that to the last, you know, eight, 10 years, you know, especially since in the nonprofit world, people would put me on a pedestal, certain friends or acquaintances. And, and that was very unhealthy story that they were creating for me. That was their story for me. But I, knowing that not to take things personally and not to make assumptions and to always do my best and to, you know, be impeccable with my word, I've really had to navigate some of those situations where people, you know, it was on the positive side, right? Like it's not a negative story. It's a positive story, but it wasn't beneficial to me in my life to be, to be seen that way in a, in a way that I grasp onto it as, as, as my way to find, um, as a way to find my love and acceptance for myself. So I, because that's someone giving me love and acceptance saying, oh, this is the story I have for you. You embody love and acceptance. That's great. That means I'm probably doing my job right, you know, on this earth, to do what I'm doing. But if I latch on and say, just because Lisa said that, it's the, it is the truth. And it is, it, it, it's, it goes back to the four agreements. And it's a really tricky one because you're like, it's a positive thing. Why wouldn't you want to own that as like who you are? But that's part of the four agreements is it's saying, you find that yourself, whatever you feel and, and, and letting those stories down, letting go of those attachments to the good, bad, and different things people say or do to you, because those aren't about you. Those are about them. Or sometimes it's a reflection. And so, you know, you might see beauty in me, but it's really your beauty or vice versa, but whatever, you know, um, it's just interesting. Cause that's what I, I've struggled with that for many years. And the last, the last couple of years, I've been able to really actively, look at that, that four agreement in that way and say, yes, I'm not going to take that personally. Even if it's good, it's not like I'm not taking the compliment and, and um, really being grateful and, and, and feel like that's a valuable thing that you said, but it's also about not letting that be the reason or your, you know, I mean, I could go off on this call and go yell at my child and then say, well, Lisa said I'm love and light in the world. So I don't have to do anything else. You know, my job's done. Um, that's a bad example, but, but it's, I, I think it's just an interesting concept to, to talk about and to bring to light because I think people are really quick to, you know, we need positivity. We need people to help uplift, help uplift us. But in the end of the day, we still have to be the one that give us that love and acceptance. It's like a self-love, a self-acceptance that can't come from anybody else because if it does, then it's, it's shrouded in, in, in a different story. It's shrouded in their story of you. And so it's not your own story of you. So you're not able, and then learning how to let go of those stories and just, you know, whatever. But um, I just think that's fun, fun to think about because it's, it's like, well, it's positive. I want to latch onto it. I want to hold it as one of my stories, but is that really benefiting your growth and learning? Is it really benefiting? It might help you to see yourself in your real true reflection. Um, but but if you latch onto it as the truth, then it, it does something to, to us. And, and the four agreements goes into it more and, and speaks to it more. But I just love that because I think it, it really allows us to not be attached to the story, to theirs, to our story or, or other people's stories. And so um, I love the four agreements. If you've not read, I'm sure that most people that are maybe listening probably read or, or at least know of the concepts of the four agreements, but uh, there, that's really vital in my life. And sometimes I just have to get back to the basics, right? That's what I, my message this morning was get back to the basics. I was doing some, some mirror reflections and some affirmations and just, you know, and doing some praying to my archangels and all kinds of things. And, and I was like, gosh, these are such basics, but they're so vital 
for what I do for keeping my vibration at where I want it to be or need it to be or where God needs it to be or whatever. It's like, there's all these tools in the tool belt. Right. And I think one of those tools I often forget is laying the story down. (laughs) It's like, is, um, I do it unconsciously, but consciously laying the story down, um, not having attachment, not making assumptions, not, um, being impeccable with my word, doing my best, all of those four agreements. So I just think it's, it's interesting when you really are like in the four agreements, like what it does to you and kind of pulls out in you. Yeah. You know, I look at that also as, you know, being neutral, you know, being in neutrality, you know, not allowing ourselves to get charged in any of those ways. Like judgment is one of the really heavy charges on things, you know, good and bad and right and wrong. You know, those are judgments. They're, you know, they're not particular, you know, if you can be the neutral observer, then you can allow all of those beautiful things to come and appreciate all the compliments mm-hmm. and everything, but you're not attached to them. Like there's no charge to them and there's not a mm-hmm. judgment, which then turns it personal. You know, it's like, oh, well, I, you know, no, <laughs> it's like, oh, thank you. And, and it just feels good because it's, it's in alignment. It's who we are. You know, the four agreements are really kind of de- designed to, uh, as a guidance to keep us in alignment with our soul and who we are. And, you know, when we can be in that state of neutrality and be the observer and, you know, not get charged by things, then, you know, we can really go through life in great balance. Mm-hmm. And still do the world work, the work we're supposed to do in the world and do the work on ourselves because it would get too caught. Up. I've just seen that story play out for many people around me. Um, in different ways, but that story of, of latching on to the good or bad either one it still creates a story and still you're not able to be the observer you're not able to the observer is such a valuable um a way of of being um and it just brings a lot of balance and and that's what i've been it's funny because i didn't have a word for it until just now when you said observer it's like oh gosh that's what i've been doing the last couple of years and since i shifted from i shifted into that observer role more the last couple of years. And so it's been interesting looking at things in life that I used to res- would react or respond to in a different way or would have charged me even positively um, to look at it now. And it doesn't charge me as the same. And so I thought, wow, is something wrong with me or different than me? And that, but I've been analyzing certain things like that for, for a while. And I, I didn't beat myself up over. I just be like, Oh, that didn't affect me the same way it used to affect me a couple years ago. But I, I, it's exactly what you just said. It's allowing myself to be the observer to say, Oh, that's being grateful for it. Acknowledging it, um, re- reciprocating that, whatever it was positive back. If, if I feel called to, you know, I don't always do it to do it. You know, I do it cause I'm called to do it, but yeah, that's really valuable for me. That, that observer piece of like, it's not, it doesn't have to be, um, yeah, it was something that I was struggling with, to be honest, because I was like, I don't respond the same way when people say or do this, the same things they did years ago, right? It really like charged me up if someone would say, oh, Ryan, I see this light in you. And I would, it would charge me up. I would latch onto it for a long, long time. Yeah. And, it, you know, especially, you know, my first couple of years in sobriety, my first couple of years on my journey, I remember one lady, um, her name's Charmian, and she, she just came to me after a, a group meditation and said, you just, you are just one of the most beautiful lights I've ever seen in my life. And she was this beautiful healer and sound bowl 
healer and, um, you know, was, had beautiful visions and would channel, you know, like all these beautiful, just, just amazing soul. And so for, to me, right. I like really looked up to her as like this guru and this, and so it was just when she said that I like latched onto it and I latched onto it for years, but it might've been what I needed in that moment. But now since I've learned to shift into that neutral observer, I don't have to latch onto that and make that, but it was helpful at that time. And so I think for different people on different journeys, you might not, you, you're the ways you follow the four agreements, the ways that you let lay stories down might be different. You might have to lay that story down after a year or two or after six months or after a month or after a week or a day or whatever. Um, you might not be able to lay it down immediately. Like, and I think that's part of this a beautiful thing about our journeys is that, you know, at different times in all of our lives, we've all probably been on all sides of that. And I think it's really beautiful. Um, yeah. So I, I just wanted to say, I appreciate you saying that, Lisa, because it was the observer. Like, I just never had put that into, into understanding for myself. And it was like this big shift I just had. So I really appreciate that. Um, really appreciate that. I love being able to do that. <laughs> Keith says, we were born for a time like this. We are the light we're searching for. Let's shine and lift those around us up. Amen, brother. <laughs> uh, let God's Keith. spirit universe shine through us and as us. Yes. And Jackie Catherine says, yes, everyone's story matters for certain. Kim says, Kim, Kim Baloo is a beautiful expression of spirit, inspiring music and powerful story. He says, I have so much more to be grateful for than to be sorry for. Hmm. And Jackie says, our pain is divested of its power over us. Yeah, there you go. Mother Teresa said that no one should have the power to bring you up or to, uh, to bring you down or elevate you something to that effect true exactly we can't have anybody else have managing our state of being each and every one of us is a grand and glorious being of light and we're responsible for our own states of being and unfortunately in this world we have all been taught backwards and we have all been told be like this, do this, go do this, do this thing, don't do that thing. And our state of being has been managed for us for a really long time. And if you look at the, if you just look at the news, that is designed to manage our state of being. It is designed to manage us right into destruction. <laughs> and we are responsible for our own state of being. Just because the entire world is going in one direction does not mean that that's the direction that we need to go, especially when that, that, that direction is in the, in the direction of death and destruction and, and mayhem and fear. Chaos. <laughs> exactly. It's like, it's our job to stay still and be the light and connect inside to the love and the light that we are. And this is where all healing is. This is where all happiness is. This is where our uniqueness is. We are born to be unique. We are created as unique souls. There is not a single thing wrong with any of us at the soul level. 
But when we come into these physical bodies, we are no longer looked at as the soul. We're looked at as the body. But we're not the body. We are the soul in the body. So it's, and it's up to us to allow our soul to shine so that other people can see our soul. When they're only looking at the body, they see what the body looks like. But this is not who we are. It's not what we are. And it's not even how we have to present ourselves. I see Ryan's soul. I see the light shining forth. I read his energy. This is the soul. The soul is our energy. And it's our beingness. So it's up to each and every one of us to manage our own state of being. And the external world manages our state of being right down into the gutter. <laughs> and we have all been all at the bottom of the barrel. And we do not need to live at the bottom of the barrel. And it is time for us to raise the bottom of the barrel up, get rid of the barrel altogether, and start living as the brilliant, bright lights that we are. This is the essence of healing. Healing doesn't come from a pill, and it's not even about the body. It is about reconnecting to our own light, like Ryan has so beautifully done. And it's the love that we are. So I love this story that, that you're sharing with the world and this amazing organization that you have created to help people get rid of the barrel and start shining their light. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, um, I, you know, there's so many different avenues people can take to get to that place too, right? For eight, for the 8 billion people there are on the planet, there's 8 billion ways to, and within those 8 billion people, there's a billion ways. So there's just tons of ways to really get from, infinite to to that place of, of of obliterating the barrel right obliterating the onion obliterating the story laying it down all yeah. of the things that um you know helping to raise your own vibration the world's vibration um and, and one of those one of my favorite things is just by like, like you said concentrating meditating mindfulness practices um yeah and just really diving into um what feels good for you you know, like tapping in and, and asking and asking for divine guidance too. like what feels good. Like I, I did that the other week. I said um, I had the opportunity to maybe go to Miami, Florida and go to the beach for a few days or to go hiking and, and kind of secluded solo trip hiking. And, you know, Miami sounds really fun. Miami beach on the beach, warm. And um, I was misguided. I said, you know, my, my intuition, you know, God said, you know, you need to be in nature and you need to be alone. So I was there for two days. I saw seven hikers, never more than just passing for a minute. So I was very alone for two days um, and it was beautiful and it was exactly what my soul needed. Um, I was able to, to be in this oh, beautiful place. Ryan's cutting out for a few Oh, let's see. Up and right back on, but. Um... That work. Um, exactly. Oh, there's Ryan back. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. You no, froze, so I thought it was you. I was like, oh, Lisa, she's not moving at all. 
<laughs> that was funny on our side. It was just you. Well, let's see. Um, so we have Jackie saying that with Kinsey. Hey, Kinsey. And Keith says, guess what, Ryan? I love you. <laughs> I love you, Keith. <laughs> Keith is also the embodiment of love beyond. We all love Keith. And I know Keith loves all of us too. And we love having him as our regular guest on this show. And next week, he'll be here with his love. Hopefully, <laughs> have to check with him. <laughs> and uh, Kinsey, uh, oh yeah. And there was a whole time. Cool. Awesome. So I love all of these stories that we've been sharing. You know, each, each and every one of us, we all have our own story of you know, the darkness of that despair of those times where we just didn't know we could go on or didn't want to go on or, you know, whatever those stories were. And, oh, yay. Woohoo. Keith will be here next week. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's that, it's the, it's the tuning back in. It's the listening inside, you know, our inner wisdom, our inner guidance, just like you you had the choice. Do I go to Miami or do I go out into the, into nature and your inner guidance, when you follow the, 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 the fine frequencies, when we start to notice the, the finer energies, when we can start listening to the subtle frequencies and the subtle energies, that's the soul speaking through. And it's the guidance that we need. And when we get quiet and we stop listening to all of the inter world, that comes through life. And this is the whole essence of bringing ourselves back home to ourselves to creating heaven on earth. It's bringing heaven back to earth through our bodies. Like Ryan did. And just listen to that. Where. Simply God. Love. have ryan here with us today his internet has been connecting in and out a little bit here i think you're back now am i back now sorry you're back now <laughs> um yeah sorry i, I switched to, We're back. to insert. <laughs> am i there or am i cutting out again so hopefully we'll see if he hops back in for a final farewell here <laughs> internet am works I, great when it works great <laughs> am i back you are back hopefully it's you and oh. not me i don't know i keep going but <laughs> i see that there's like on the feed it's going in and out so i'm not sure which one of us is actually feeding <laughs> <laughs> oh well it's been such a pleasure lisa there's so many so many things one last thing i wanted to say is that it's really important that we do share our stories though um, and the piece of, so laying your story down doesn't mean that you don't share your story. You share your story because it helps, you know, you might do the final pieces of healing, 
but it also helps other people to connect, to learn and grow. But it's about laying down the attachment to those stories and around letting go of the energies, right? Letting go of the charge, as you called it, which I love that. Um, and I think we froze again. So <laughs> uh, I think it's I think it's me. I don't know. You're good on my side. Oh, okay. Um, but just letting go of those charges to the stories. And so allowing us to, to share our story because it's powerful. Um, everyone has a beautiful story to share and, and oftentimes many stories to share um, that are really beneficial to yourself and the world to share. So please share. That's one of the reasons I shared my story. I was guided and said, by you sharing your story, it allows other people to share their story and know that they have an important story to share and to bring to the world. But letting go of the charge of the story, that's the medicine right there. So thank you, Lisa, for, for that and for the beautiful time together today. And um, it's been so beautiful. So thank you. Thank you so much. And if people want to read your book or reach out to you, how do they do that? Where do they find you in your book? So you can go to ryanjosephallen.com. A-L-L-E-N, or my drug dealer brought me to God.com, or you can find my drug dealer brought me to God on Amazon, ebook, audiobook, hardcover, paperback. Um, you can find it at Tar uh, Walmart, I think, right now. Target carries it sometimes, Walmart, I don't know, all those places, Barnes and Noble, Books and OEN, all of that stuff. So wherever. <laughs> it's me freezing. All right. Beautiful. And if you're watching this on YouTube or on my on connecting you to you, listening on connecting you to you radio, new thing, my podcast. In the show notes, because. And to his book. All so much. Thank you, Ryan. Hopefully our connection will stabilize here in just a minute. All right, looks like. We'll see which. Uh, hang on. <laughs> Are we back now? I think I can I see, see you and hear guys. you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> It's too much energy for it it's like it is it's it truly <laughs> is i love it so all right so let's see if we can we'll just sign off for today thank you all so much there we go now or now we're back i think so ryan thank you so much for joining us today we really appreciate it. And yes, we've just brought so much high vibrational energy. The signal was having trouble keeping up with us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Lisa. And it's been such a beautiful morning with you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Connecting You to You Radio. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Are you ready to discover more about how simple healing your body can actually be when you do it from the higher wisdom of your soul? To learn more about what I do and how you can work with me, visit connectingyoutoyou.com and get on my mailing list to be the first to know about my latest offerings. If you'd like to interact with me on Facebook, please join my group, Soul Sourced Healing. Check the show notes below for these links and more.
I hope to see you again next time on Connecting You to You Radio.